Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots Bay Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development, pull up a chair, while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815 on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode, Tommy Nance and future DFAs, and ask me questions if I was confusing. Tommy Nance has been designated for assignment. Not a huge surprise that there was a way around it, and I think the Cubs should have considered it. And I don't like why they didn't, but there you go. Uh, Nance, as most of us remember, was called up as one of those, who the hell is this guy? relievers last year, started well, eventually started to struggle for whatever reason. I, I, I'll, I'll just throw this in there. Imagine a pitcher starts off doing well in his career. Then, parenthetically, for one reason or another, End parentheses, he starts to get lit up a bit. How 100% sure are you that you know exactly why he's getting lit up? There are plenty of reasons a guy can be getting lit up. One, he could be terrible. Two, he could be injured. Three, he could be kind of bouncing back and forth between really not good to go and injured. He could be overworked. He could be overexposed. The question isn't how is he doing right now so much as how is he going to do long term? Because really, in a season like last year for the Cubs, once mid-June hit, once late June hit, how a player was specifically doing, who really cared? Really didn't so much all that matter that much because the Cubs weren't going anywhere anyway. If the Cubs were using a reliever in August and September and his ERA was, oh, let's say six and a half. And yeah, you can flip it to FIP or whatever the heck you want to flip it to. If his ERA was terrible and his he just, just wasn't working, that matter. Really didn't matter. The question is, how good is he going to be in the future? Because last year, all that really mattered, all that really mattered, all that really mattered was the future. So, Tommy Nance this spring was on the COVID list. I'm sure he had COVID. I'm not, you know, not going to argue that. But it was a situation also where the Cubs were in a roster bind. If the Cubs were not in a roster bind, then it might well have been that Tommy Nance wouldn't have need, needed to have gone on the COVID list. But the Cubs were in a bind as far as the roster. They just added Drew Smiley. They just added... Michael Givens, 
They just added a couple other relievers I can't think of. Oh, Chris Martin, can't forget him. So the Cubs have all these relievers that, uh, I don't know if they're any good or not, but they're around. Um, and today, Tommy Nance was designated for assignment, joining Sergio Alcantara on the DFA wire, DFA portal. I say DFA wire. I really want to say DFA portal. That's really my intent to say DFA portal, not DFA wire, because I really like the concept of the DFA portal, because you go into a DFA portal and you come out, ah, I have no idea. And that, it, 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 that's the way it works. Normally, if you're if you're on a wire, you know, think like a, a oh, ski lift, something like that, zip tie machine. You start here, zzzz, you go down there. You know where you're going. You know where you're going. DFA portal, you, you don't know. You, you could end up in AAA. You could get released. You could you could end up in Philadelphia. Weather, who knows? Maybe it's sunny there. Um, I, I yeah, DFA portal. You never know where you're going to where you're going to end up. I think Tommy Nance will probably clear waivers because teams are now at a point where most most teams ought to be pretty well set as far as who they're going to be keeping, but I don't know. Maybe Tommy Nance will get picked up. If he does, I hope he kicks butt. I hope he kicks butt, does well at his next stop, makes the Cubs look foolish. Because I don't really think it's all that essential to have Chris Martin and there's another. Smiley kind of made sense. Michael Givens has been good generally. But, you know, some of the really, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, but the important question for today, the important question for today is how will the next range of DFAs go? Full stop, full breath. Okay. I was just looking and... Arizona Phil had the 40-man roster full with Tommy Nance on the COVID list. So he did not take up a 40-man roster spot. Now he's been designated for assignment. The 40-man roster is full still. Now, who would be the next person to go? I think the wrong person went today. I think the wrong person went today. And I'm kind of a bit bothered by it. Not that the move was made. But why the move was made. Not that the move was made. But why the move was made. For instance, let's say... We hop back into that time machine that we occasionally go to. And it is early 1970. Time machine went pretty quick today, didn't it? The Cubs decide, hey, we want to bring in Johnny Callison to play right field. And it's really important for us to do that. Really important because, you know, guys who were um, all-stars five years ago were really great to add to a team rolls eyes 
Um, there, there's adding Johnny Callison, which, you know, fine, whatever. But trading to get Johnny Callison and trading away Dick Selma, who had been very useful in 1969, and tossing in Oscar Gamble alongside. Now, just in and of itself, that's not a good trade from my perspective. Get old guy, give up reliever who had a really good year last year, and a developing outfielder. But that, I even rounded up an online source. I don't know where it is right now. Maybe you can find it if you're looking for it. But I actually found rounded up an online source saying that Oscar Gamble was traded because he was dating white women. You can agree with the trade or not. Betraying a baseball player because he was dating someone that didn't look like him. That's the wrong reason to trade a guy. That's the wrong reason to trade a guy. So we're going to step. Now we're going to hop in the time machine. Now we're back. Okay. The Cubs designated Tommy Nance for assignment. It could well be the Cubs have decided Tommy Nance isn't going to be the guy. It's fine. No problem with it. No problem with the Cubs deciding Tommy Nance isn't going to be the guy. No problem with that choice at all. He still shouldn't have been the guy to get dealt with. He still shouldn't have been the guy to get dealt with. And it's not the decision. It's the reason for the decision. It's not the decision. It's the reason for the decision. If the Cubs are up against the 60-man button right now, which it kind of appears they are, because Tommy Nance just got designated for assignment, and Tommy Nance, that's not like uh, we're going to um, return Caleb Smith. Not like that. Not like that. Um, not like we're going to pick up Taylor Featherstone in the Rule 5 draft and then trade him to another team for cash. No, not like that. Tommy Nance was designated for assignment. There was a much easier way to account for the 40-man roster spot. Much easier way that involves... Giving up nobody. Giving up nobody. Cubs could have put Miguel Amaya on the 60-day injured list. And kept Tommy Nance. No surrender. No surrender at all. Not even a little tiny bit. So now the Cubs' 40-man roster is still at 40. I don't know how many guys they still have in camp. Today was one of those days where a whole bunch of people got sent back, and Arizona Phil hasn't updated his list yet. And let's see. Uh, Didn't Braylon Marquez get sent back either today or yesterday? And I 
think oh one of the pitchers um not remembering which one but um there were a couple of other players sent back Brennan Davis sent back to the minors um Locke St. John sent back to the minors no worries there if they do well in Iowa they'll be back and that concept if they do well in Iowa they'll be back is pretty much the entire key to deciding in my universe who ought to get designated for assignment. Because right now, Tommy Nance has been designated for assignment. And if someone else decides, hey, we're going to pick up Tommy Nance. We're going to pick up Tommy Nance. I'm going to hope somebody picks him up. I, you know, for Tommy Nance's sake, I want him on the 40-man roster. I want him major leagues, AAA, but making... I'm on the 40-man roster money. That, that's, the, that's not argument. That's not debatable. The reason Miguel Amaya was not put on the 60-day injured list is because, because the Cubs don't want to pay him major league money. In the situation the Cubs are in right now, in the situation the Cubs are in right now, I'm more interested in retaining potentially useful talent than saving Tom Ricketts money. There I said it. If Miguel Amaya is put on the 60-day injured list for the duration of his 60-day injured list stay, he will be making Major League money. And I have no problem with that. I have no problem with Miguel Amaya making Major League money. I do have a problem with designating Tommy Nance for assignment because losing Tommy Nance is less of a problem than Miguel Amaya getting paid Major League money for 60 days. I have a big problem with that. Big, big, monstrous, huge, old problem with that. Humongous. So now as the um, spring training meanders toward, what, 16 days? I think I saw Aramis Ramirez's picture today. I think it's 16 days, something like that. There are going to be more trades made. Uh, there are going to be more moves made. There are going to be more moves made. And someone today was asking me if Greg Dykeman is in danger. I was asked this question before I saw Tommy Nance was getting designated for assignment. The options are getting rather thin. I'm going to have to go back and double-check the 40-man roster here a little bit later today. But um, the options are getting rather kind of thin. And at some point, the Cubs might end up having to consider 
designating for assignment Greg Dykeman. And someone was going off about how Greg Dykeman is just added as he's just added as depth. Like, no. Walk yourself back to the day of the trade. Walk yourself back to the day of the trade, July 30th. July 30th was the day of that trade. Unless that one was the 29th, but I think it was the 30th. What was the explanation for trading for Greg Dykeman on the day of July 30th? What was the explanation? What was the logic? What was the statement? What was the rhetoric? What was the commentary on why did the Cubs trade for Greg Dykeman? The way I put it, the way I remember it, he was a second-round pick out of LSU. He'd hit quite well as a corner outfielder for LSU. He has a strong enough arm to play right field. And despite not playing a damn bit in 2000, he had a decent enough year in 2021. That's why the Cubs traded for him. Not, oh, he's the depth piece. No, that, that, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. He was traded for because he was a second-round draft pick. Somebody trades for James Triantos. Our Cubs fans going to say, oh, he was just a depth piece. No, he's a second-round draft pick. He's doing fairly well as a pro. Now, yeah, the Cubs all of a sudden did end up with a whole bunch of of excess outfielders. You're like, what, seven, eight, nine of them? I'd rather see Hayward go away. Frankly. But I know that's not going to happen for a while. But if it gets to that point where Greg Dykeman is in danger of getting designated for assignment, if we get there, I'd much rather see Miguel Amaya go on the 60-day injured list. Don't lose a player that way. Plus, there's the Harold Ramirez factor where Harold Ramirez is up for arbitration and he can't get sent back to the minors until his arbitration gets sorted out. So once Harold Ramirez arbitration gets sorted out, Harold Ramirez is the guy to designate for assignment, not Greg Dykeman. Because Harold Ramirez has, has had quite a few more chances at the major league level than Greg Dykeman has, which was like, what, 13 days? If you're going to play amateur executive, if you're going to play amateur executive. Here, we ought to make this trade. Hey, we ought to pick up this guy from that team. Hey, we ought to pick up this free agent and offer him this sort of a contract. If you're going to play amateur, amateur executive, that's cool. That's cool. I got a rule. I have a rule 
for anybody who wants to play baseball amateur executive. Got a rule. Got a rule. Whatever your rule is, whatever your recommendation is, whatever your fix is, whatever your solution is, go public with it in a fashion such that you can't change what you said after you said it and live with your result. Go with your, go with it, go with it and hold yourself to it and assess your decisions as more numbers come in. If you're right, you're right. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If you say, why the hell did the Cubs sign uh, claim Frank Schwindel? I don't want him. I want Anthony. Re well, so far, it looks like Frank Schwindel did okay. If you want to play amateur executive, if you want to play amateur executive, I love playing amateur executive. I don't know if I'm any good at it or not, but I give you reasons why this move to me makes sense. This to me this move over here to me doesn't make sense. Designating Tommy Nance for assignment instead of Miguel Amaya is dumb because you unnecessarily give up a player prioritizing a small amount of money from a baseball perspective. Bad idea. Bad idea. Whether it works or not. Because as of now, the Cubs should be more about talent retention, talent development, than wealth pre preservation. There, I said it. And if it gets to the point where do something with Greg Dykeman or do something with Harold Ramirez... Since the Cubs can't do anything with Harold Ramirez yet, instead of designating Greg Dykeman, instead of designating Greg Dykeman, it ought to be, it ought to be Miguel Amaya to the 60-day. If you're not going to put Miguel Amaya on the 60-day and you need to get Greg Dykeman off the major league. <laughs> no, it, it should be Miguel Amaya. It should be Miguel Amaya. And if you want to say the Cubs should do what they've done, and designate Greg Dykeman because there's two options here. One is, there's two options to get rid of Di Greg Dykeman that I can see. There might be a third or a fourth. But uh, I can see two reasons for a person saying, I want to get rid of Greg Dykeman, get him off the 40-man roster. I see two possible reasons. One is... He's terrible, and he's always going to be terrible. And if you want to go with that, fine, no problem. That's why I say amateur executives 
ought to go on the record and have that record on display henceforth and forevermore. So if they ever end up saying something silly like, why did they claim um, Frank Schwindel on waivers? I can just point at the numbers and say, why the, why the heck wouldn't they? Why the heck wouldn't they? Worth $16 million down the last two months. And people say, yeah, he just got lucky. Well, maybe he did, but he still got, he's still worth $16 million on fan graphs while he, while he was getting paid. Uh, care the two, uh, 20, two, $220,000, 16 million instead of $220,000. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, so yeah, there's two reasons to say, two reasons to say, two reasons to say, two reasons to say. Greg Dykeman should get designated for assignment. One is, you know, good, you're never going to be any good. And the other is, I have the patience of a fly. No, flies actually have patience. If you have no patience... It's fine. But if you have no patience, you shouldn't be an amateur uh, an amateur executive. An executive thinks long term. If you're j just about being a flat-out reactionary, I'm going to cheer for the guys that I know of. And if a guy goes three for 17, I'm going to hate him forever. And then if he ends up doing well someplace else, I'll say, well, obviously the Cubs screwed up. No. Why would that be the case? Cubs had a whole bunch of guys there trying to get innings too. And Dykeman struggled a bit last year in his short stint. Before you're going to release a player... Before you're going to let him go, before you're going to pull that ripcord, give him every chance he deserves. When I think of that Cubs squad right now, I really think, and this isn't me uh, foretelling the future. You know, this isn't, I have a vision of what's going to happen. Not even close to that. I think in the next three or four days, Maybe five or six. Cubs are going to have an injury. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not hoping for it. But there's going to be somebody that, oh, ow, ow, that's going to hurt. There's going to be that injury. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. But it probably will. Um, they had one reliever get injured during the off season. They, uh, David Bodie was on the 60, is on the 60. Um, but no, there's, there's a number of, The, the Cubs haven't had a severe, serious injury in camp. I think over the next four or five or six days, there very well might be. And there's really no reason, there's really no reason to 
overcommit to this season. There isn't. Now again, if you want to say Greg Dykeman is going to be a bad player for the rest of his career, go on the record. Go on the record. Say Greg Dykeman is going to be a bad player for the rest of his career. Go on the record and maybe you'll be right. Maybe you'll be right. What I usually go by is how did this guy do in college? How did he do up the chain? And has he been given a legitimate chance to be a starter for every day like the Cubs gave to Frank Schwindel? Hey, I don't care how you do. You're going to still be the starter. Hey, you went over for 3. You're still the starter. You're one for uh, you're one for 11. You're still the starter. That's how you find out if a guy's any good or not. If you want to go on a record as saying Frank Schwindel's not going to be any good, fine. Go on the record publicly. Mr. or Ms. Amateur executive. I'm not willing to go there yet. I'm not willing to go there yet, but then I wasn't willing to go there yet with Tommy Nance either. The Cubs should have put Miguel Amaya on the 60-day injured list already. And that they haven't. And because they haven't. And the reason they will... Wow. They're not even going to say it. The reason they're doing it is completely intolerable. Um, Greg Dykeman should not be in roster danger as long as Miguel Amaya is on the Cubs' 40-man roster but not on the 60-day injured list. There, I said it. I will disagree with any designation for assignment that the Cubs make until... Miguel Amaya is on the 60-day injured list because the Cubs not having Miguel Amaya on the 60-day injured list is strategically inept and prioritizing money over player development. And that's wrong. Unless, of course, you think you're a 103-win team Etc., 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 and uh, the Cubs aren't. So, um, I hope Tommy Nance gets picked up by someone. I hope he kicks butt. And when it comes to, so what are the Cubs going to do with Greg Dykeman? He still ought to get six weeks in Iowa to show what he's going to do. If he gets down to Iowa and he can't hit in Iowa, then you do something about it. But if he gets down to Iowa and he hits really well, then you do something about it. When a player gets traded from one organization to another after a season where he had no minor league baseball at all, that's how you start to get to wonder, wait a minute, am I doing this right? Who's the person I turn to? Do I turn to my coach now? Do I turn to my coach from back home? How how do am I a power hitter guy? Am I a slash hitter guy? 
that's that's Dykeman's problem. He's caught in between that he has reasonably good power and reasonably good on base at the minor league level, but he's not elite at either one. So what do you do? And when you change organizations midseason, well, do I trust this hitting coach? I don't know him. Is he any good? Greg Dykeman should not be designated for assignment until Miguel Amaya is put on the 60-day injured list. There I said it. Thanks for stopping by.